1995, I was going to college in Southern California, singing in a band, writing about music for this online magazine called Addicted to Noise, and falling really hard for this girl named Lori. That spring, Virgin Records sent me a promo copy of the debut album by a band that I'd never heard of. I was a 19-year-old kid at the time, and I didn't know that music writers are supposed to be too cool to get obsessed with the bands that they cover. So Lori and I sat around and listened to the Geraldine Fibbers Lost Somewhere Between the Earth and My Home over and over, falling in love with each other and with the music. I can't believe I said that. But it was true, especially Carla Bozulich's voice and Will Tutton's bowed upright bass. That fall, we saw the Geraldine Fibbers play at Jabberjaw in L.A., and it was such a memorable show that I put it into my novel and made my characters go see it, which is a thing you can do when you write novels. Lost Somewhere Between the Earth and My Home is 22 years old now, and not coincidentally, Lori and I have been married for almost 22 years. The album's timeless California rock, its world-weary characters, and its surrealist fables have aged a lot better than I have. This is Hidden Jukebox. That was so amazing. <laughs> I think I just started Thanks. crying. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this album, I, I think this is almost certainly the least well-known of anything we've done so far, right? Yes. Um, and oh, really, eight, nine, eight. nobody knows that either. Okay, that's right. Yes. So, um, but this that one's very well known somewhere, and I don't think this one's very well known anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, I got this. I got this from the record label, and like this. I don't think this kind of band would get a major label contract anymore. It was. It was like, you know, we we need. It, it was something like genuinely artistically exciting um, mm-hmm. and daring for Virgin Records. I think. And so they sent me this CD, and uh, and I uh, um, interviewed them for for an article, um, and I wrote I wrote several pieces about them over over a few year period. Um, but I remember in the first interview, um, I interviewed Carla, the lead singer, who uh, is uh, just one of the most uh, has has one of the most perfect voices in the history of rock, I think. It's um, fantastic. And uh, and she said, I don't even remember how we got to talking about Axl Rose in this interview, um, but uh, she she said, well, you know what? Axl Rose can suck my dick. Wow. And that, that became, that was went into the lead of the article, of course. Nice. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, Carla, she's gone on to do like tons of other stuff. The Geraldine Fibbers only made two records. Um, and then uh, she her first solo album was a song by song cover of uh, Redheaded Stranger, right? Which she did in collaboration with Willie Nelson, right? Yeah, I had never heard this album before, and I immediately was like, I need a time machine to go back and see this band live, and um, that's kind of how I know when I like a new album. That's that I don't have the chance to go back and see them live. And um, yeah, her, you know, all the all the sonic places that I like to go and Patti Smith and PJ Harvey and yep. there's a band in Seattle, Stickers. Um, you know, that particular painful sounding, authentic sounding female voice. Um, there's some screaming, which I always love screaming. Me too. And... And and I like the violin on this Me album. Me too. And um, you know, I was reading articles about kind of. She talks a lot about like gay kinky punks that she would hang mm-hmm. out with, and that's kind of like a theme in a lot of her reminiscing of yeah. of when she's looking back on her life and who she was hanging out with at the time, and um, in particular, you know, if you think about. The Velvet Underground's um, 
Yeah. I'm trying to think of the name of the song. Shiny, shiny, shiny boots of leather. What's, anyway, uh, yeah. Venus and Furs. Yeah, Venus and Furs. Thank you. So it's just like, you know, there's like one song in this album that's particularly like that song. Yes. Um, and again, like I don't mind hearing that direct like stealing going on. Oh, I never um, mind that. And um, there's parts of it that remind me of Nothing Shocking. Yeah. Jane's Addiction and, uh, and Ritual. And yeah, it's fantastic. And I will, this is the first time I've ever heard it this week. And I'm definitely going to be listening to it a lot more. Um, that's, that's great. I'm so, I'm so happy that I could introduce you to this. Um, yeah, I, when I was listening to this, I listened to it a few times in preparation for this episode. Um, and, uh, like I said, I've been listening to it uh, pretty, pretty consistently since 1995. Um, I what came to mind was you know we did celebrity skin a few weeks ago or a few months ago um, by the time by the time you're hearing this um, and uh, both celebrity skin and this album I feel like there's a lot of like you know uh, characters that have been kind of spit out um, into the underbelly of Hollywood kind of stories um, and I I almost feel like you know that in two parallel universes, you could have like rolled the dice and gotten this album or Celebrity Skin, but we happen to be lucky enough to live in the universe where we got both. Um, I, I, you know, I hear a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same sort of... Uh, this was know. already, uh, this was already a California or a Hollywood that I just missed in a way. I graduated high school in 94 from Santa Monica High School, but I didn't really start hanging out in Hollywood till about 97 mm-hmm. so so we we just we, we just missed each yeah, other yeah yeah and so i would say the hollywood that i knew and also the shows that i was going to i think i went to like a lot of like hip-hop shows or mm-hmm. like rave type things or things with djs um so i was i wasn't really going to punk shows yeah um so i kind of missed out on on this world. Okay, well, we need to listen to a song, don't Sorry, we? Sorry, yes. No, no. Um, People are probably very curious. So uh, I want to play the first song, Lily Bell, um, and let's do at least like two minutes of it because I feel like this is one of those songs that that uh, is, you know, encapsulates like here's, here's everything you're going to get on this record sure. and we're just going to put it all in one song and put it up at the top.
Okay, that was more than two minutes, even. Let's play the whole song. Um, yeah. Get in trouble there. I, I love how the, the strings give it this, this kind of forward, like rolling down a hill kind of inevitable motion. I think this song still is deceptive of how dark and punk rock and driving and screamy and fantastically uh, emotional oh, we'll things get, get there. later. But you were saying how it kind of encapsulates. It kind of is like it's like hinting at the the mood of it, but it's like it's kind of more of like a laid back, less anxious feeling. Yeah, it definitely gets more up tempo from yeah. there, and and more down tempo. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. this album has a surprising amount of range. Yes. Um, what do you want to listen to? Um. Oh, also, I. Uh, that on that song more than any other, although you hear it a lot, the the bowed upright bass is is something you almost never hear in rock music, and the way they mic'd it to like capture just the sound of every string of the bow scraping against the strings of the bass, every hair on the bow. I think I wanted to do dusted. So good. So yeah. good. Like this song just like I when I finally got to this on the album, um, I don't remember. It's like the ninth, ninth song. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite songs I've ever heard ever. And awesome. The energy it gave me chills, which is like when songs give you chills, that's like the best. And it just transported me when I first moved to Seattle in two thousand nine. Um, I was living in the U District. I still live there. And there was lots of bands practicing all the time and house shows and, you know, flyers would go up. And um, a friend of a friend was like, there's this show um, in my friend's basement, kind of by the Blue Moon. And um, other friends of mine were playing that night at Blue Moon. So I went to Blue Moon and saw them and then walked over like two houses to the basement and saw this band stickers and it was like patty smith vocals it's it's uh two women and a guy and and there's a woman drummer who's like the best drummer ever and the woman just like just gives everything super literary and like brilliant and plays saxophone and it's crunchy and so when i was listening to the song i was like oh damn it like i wish stickers had a show like i wish they were still playing and i wish they were still together and can we can we link to a stickers yeah. stickers album yeah, yeah, stickers yeah. songs in the they're show so, notes? They're so good. Yeah. Um. But again, it was just like when I got to the song, I was definitely like, "Damn it, I want to see this band live." Yeah, they were real good. <sighs> they did explosive live shows, and um, Carla, the the singer, is a tiny person. Awesome. Um, with like basically all all lung, I guess. 
It's amazing. Yeah, I really, really love the song. And it's kind of the song, I would listen to the song and repeat for like an hour probably. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I'll and probably do that. Something I noticed listening to this album is I I am not generally a person who listens to music very loud, um, partly because I live in a really shitty apartment building with walls made out of saran wrap, basically. Um, <laughs> but uh, also just like it's it's never it's never like done much more for me than listening to it on, you know, volume level three. But this this album, I, I want to keep like inching the volume up. Awesome. Um, okay, uh, let's let's go let's go let's slow things down for all the lovers out there <laughs> <laughs> and play <laughs> marmalade. Do you, do you have any any bad memories of middle school dances the way I do? Um, no, <laughs> I have good memories. Yeah, I. Uh, this, I, I think I like the most. editor at GQ mm-hmm. was my first kiss to "Crazy for You" by Madonna in the sixth grade dance. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, that's amazing. I always loved journalists, <laughs> even before they were journalists. Yeah, <laughs> you could just tell just something Damn about it. them. <laughs> yes. Do you think? Do you think journalists are born that way? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your album we listen to the entire songs and like when it's my album it's just like here's here's 10 seconds well but i want to get to the good part yeah, and like I, I don't i said that with like so much pavement i was like you never got to the good part ever oh i see you see, so i'm i'm the one who's cutting off your the songs yeah. on your album okay yeah, so i'm gonna control the i'm gonna control talk, the music you the can future. control the music or like i said like i just don't i know how to don't know how to interpret your hands it's signals. our first fight everyone <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you, definitely. You heard it now. You, we'll, we'll just we can plug your phone into. We can jack you into <laughs> the system. We're stressing people out right yeah. now. No, it's it's okay. But this um, song is, um, to me, I don't know if I've I I feel like I've heard it before because I was singing along with it the first time I listened to this album, and I was thinking if. I mean, I totally used to watch 120 Minutes. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, was this on there? It's or... possible. This is maybe their best known song, okay. which is not saying much. Yeah. So a couple of things I realized. First of all, I looked uh, while this was playing to see, like, where can you buy this album? I don't think you can buy it or stream it digitally. So it was reissued on vinyl. It was reissued on vinyl. So if really you're, helpful. If you're a vinyl person, there you go. I bet you can get used copies of the CD. I Is don't... it reissued on vinyl for some sort of like Neil Young type purity thing? I don't know. I mean, I just like think like... Electri- like streaming music isn't, you lose too much of the sound or... I, I think it was probably a matter of like... It, if we were going to reissue this, who, what kind of person is going to listen to it? Know. A vinyl person. To me, that's just kind of annoying and elitist anyway. Oh, but I agree. It's just like, let everyone hear the album. Um, yeah, so if you if you want to get your hands on this album, I don't know what to tell you. Do something illegal, I guess. <laughs> um, this song, um, one thing I love about it, aside from just like the, the melody is awesome, uh, is... I, I like a. I, I always enjoy a down tempo song that has tons of energy, and the the beats per minute on this song is like it's what like seventy or something maybe. Huh. It is slow, uh-huh. um, and yet there's there's you know it's it's just full of life. Yeah, it's very it's very coverable. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could be covered in I wonder many if different it has ways. Been. I you know I wonder like to what extent any of these songs have been covered because it's certainly like. This is the kind of album that inspires people to start bands. Yes, for sure. Um, so there was two end middle ends of songs. Okay, that me. I wanted to get to. And and use tell me tell um, me when not to stop. <laughs> it was get thee gone from like two minutes and forty seven seconds okay. to four minutes. I can and do that. Three seconds.
Okay, I think I, I think I got the signal. <laughs> so I, um, the first time I heard about Geraldine Fibbers, I I went to a ton of White Stripe shows when I was living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, I've never been to a white stripe show. Uh, How is that? I guess good, or you wouldn't have gone to tons yeah, of Yeah, I went to too many. Um, sometimes, you know, two nights in a row. And um, it started because I was dating a rock journalist. Mm-hmm. And so I got to go to a lot of shows because he was going for free and getting there really early. So I would go there early and um, got to be the first white stripe show I ever saw. My my like arms were resting on the stage, kind of nice. thing. Nice. Um, so so this this song actually isn't exactly. It's it's like how Jack White does his guitar solos. Uh huh. Like a lot of repetition and like building and like less is more, um, and then like the simplicity of the drumming. Um, so there's that, and then there's the you know the Jeans Addiction part. Yeah. Like which is like one of my oh, favorite sure. bands. Um, but again, so this was like, these are the moments that I'm playing for people are the moments where I was like really craving the live experience. Oh, of for this. sure. Um, and so, uh, the kind of messier, like, well, well, did they stick to this live or did they like extend this part out or, you know, those kinds of questions. Yeah. So this, um, between the, their first and second album and between the first and second time I saw them play, they, um, their original guitarist quit, um, and they replaced him with Nels Klein. Um, and, uh, but you can hear like he was already kind of doing Nels Klein influence stuff. Yeah. And when I saw them play with, with Nels, he would do this solo with a, with a, uh, like a whisk, a oh. kitchen whisk on the strings. Okay. Um, which oh. is pretty sweet. There was this thing I would go to in Southern California called This Ain't No Picnic. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no one was using the word like alt country or, mm-hmm. or, or country punk or any of those yeah. things. But it was, it was kind of like a sunny day real estate, Minuteman, and then like Beck would be the headliner. Yeah. But like there would always be some really experimental punk rock bands that would play um, I don't know if I would have the timing of that. If I would have gotten to see this band, probably yeah. not. But, but I did see someone play a whisk there. Is what I okay, was. Okay, sure. There was a point to the story. <laughs> there was um, whisks being used. I had a, I had a friend whose uh, brother was in like an industrial band, and he would play his bass with a flathead screwdriver, which was pretty awesome. So nerdy. I think he went through tons of strings. <laughs> Super nerdy. <laughs> sort of, sort of uh, bourgeois in that respect. <laughs> Um, my turn? Your turn. Okay, what have I got here? Um, okay, I know you wanted to do part of Richard, and I wanted to do part of Richard. Um, can I go first, because the part I want is yes, the beginning? Yes, of course. The devil smiled and put on her party dress Out on the curb, her curls were a Man. 
sorry. What? Where are we jumping to? Well, no, I was going to say that. So this is the this is one of the songs where when I was listening to it, I messaged you and I was like, "Do you like Frank Black? Do you like solo Frank Black?" Because it's like, oh, like. Like it just when because I'm still learning like where your musical tastes are uh-huh. and like where we overlap. Oh yeah, and, likewise. And so. And the answer is I love solo Frank. Yeah. Black. So, um, and if you listen to like country music now, I have this secret guilty obsession of watching the CMAs every year. Oh wow! Um, I want to hear more about this <laughs> now or whenever. Yeah. Um, it's something that no one would probably know about me. It's just so campy, and they don't like always intend to be but sometimes they know Uh and some of the country music these days is sounds like this really yeah yeah so it's this is a world i knew nothing about beyond having watched half of the show nashville (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah country's moved in like a rock alt rock direction um does it does it have these kind of uh crazy devil went down to georgia murder ballad lyrics also sometimes yeah yeah Um, yeah so it's it's surprising um the part of this so so yeah so frank black and um the pizzicato violin at the beginning yes to is like that bluegrass sound i mean all of this this is the thing is like this aged well it really did it aged well it's so like relevant sonically and um, um, can I while you're looking up your, your uh, timestamp, yes. can I can I read just the first four lines of this? Please song? do. The devil smiled and put on her party dress out on the curb. Her curls were a mess. Chaos came t- tumbling through her nimble hands. Never skipped a beat as she netted another man. Nice. Um, and then later in the song, the devil gets married. Um, <laughs> it's it's really terrific. I wanted absurdist, uh, surreal storytelling. Two forty to three twenty. Okay. The violin solo there. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of violin as like a rock instrument and didn't really know that people did that. And when I was in high school, one of my really closest friends, who I just like had the biggest crush on, um, played violin, played guitar, and used like, you know, effects on his violin mm-hmm. and um, ended up playing in a number of bands. Um, had like a huge hit with like a um, famous electronic music band. And, what was it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say. Oh come uh, on! And and then and then now is in a band with Julian Casablancas as a guitarist. Amazing. Um. So so yeah. It's it's a it's just it it. I remember the moment of seeing violin as a as a rock music instrument through him. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I wanted to honor the amazing violin solo on this part. Yeah, no, I think probably I 
started thinking about violin as a rock instrument from Camper Van Beethoven. Okay. Um, I didn't know about them till much later either. Like I saw them in Chicago, um, I don't know, like 2005, but I hadn't, I didn't know anything about them before that. Um, I, I have a Camper Van Beethoven story sort of, um, which uh, I'll just tell now because there are no good Camper Van Beethoven albums from the nineties. So, yeah. uh, uh, so we're just going to pass that right by. I so I also came to Camper Van Beethoven a little bit late in that like um, I I really got into them in like '93 when a friend of mine in college uh, played all of their records for me, and I especially fell in love with their final studio album of their from their first era, um, Key Lime Pie from '89. Um, and so I had this experience, like you were talking about, like, um, God, you know, I, I, I wish I could have seen this band live, but, you know, they broke up years and years ago. Um, you know, I'll never get to hear them play my favorite songs live. And then um, they, they reformed um, for, uh, to, to do a tour and then, like, you know, did it again 17 yes. times after that. Um, but they, they played at the Crocodile Cafe in mm. Seattle. And uh, first of all, this blew me away because I had it in my mind that um, Camper Van Beethoven was exactly as famous as the pixies <laughs> that for, for some reason you know like that that these bands were sort of linked in if, time if they ever like, hear this they are laughing oh yes all all of them and so i'm like what they're playing at the crocodile cafe this like 300 person venue in seattle um and i'm like well okay they've got this new album that's not very good and probably they're just gonna play off the songs off of that no they played like all my favorites Yay. it was the greatest <laughs> Yay for nostalgia. Uh, um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, play the entire album. No, just kidding. But I, I like I like all the songs. The yeah. more I listen to it, the songs that I wanted you to to, to listen to today changed. Uh-huh. Um, one that's, like, appears in all of the articles that, like, doesn't do it for me is, like, the the real, like, country waltzy one. We don't have to play it. I'm just trying to think of what that song's called. Um, is it Blast Off Baby? No. Um, I like the French song. Okay. Um, a waltzy one, Outside of Town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we don't need to listen to Outside right. of Town, but people, listen to outside, people should listen to Outside of Town because I feel like that would be another song that probably launched a bunch of bands. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, let's play a few seconds of it because if, if, uh, if they're not already sold on the album, they're not going to hear it okay, anywhere. Okay, okay, okay. I don't love it though. I'm that sort of thing. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. Um have we listened to Small Strong yet? Nope. That's my favorite one on the album. Okay, let's do it.
there's like the the art art rock part, uh huh, and the experimental part, and the you know, I really like the band like at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I like the um, weird avant-garde musical places like she's going to. It's there's some risks. There's some like the part where you're saying that like how could this be a commercial success? Right. It's like this song is pretty much it's like it's not going to get played on the radio. No, because because like everyone's going to change the station during that quiet part that happens 27 seconds into the song. Yeah, or just the way it kicks off, they'd be like, "What? You know, like this is too heavy." Or, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, I I love the song again. Like this one and Dusted. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of would want a whole album of just driving in your yeah. face like like that punk rock level of things in a way um uh, yeah and they they never did that yeah I mean, their and their second album so their second album butch which came out like two years later three years later is quite different mm-hmm. um it uh it doesn't have as much range as this one I, there are some songs on it that i really like but it's not like the you know overall like all-time favorite for me that this one is yeah yeah, this is this album is perfect. Yeah, uh, can I play one more? <laughs> and that, at which point, I think we will have listened to a majority of the songs no. on the record. <laughs> um, so this is this is a song about it's actually walls. Fair because yeah. because people are going to have to try to like hunt this down. Yeah, and there might be some YouTube videos. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> was listening to this i uh for the first time i was i kept being reminded of i'm like what song does this remind me of not necessarily so much uh musically but because of like how it fits into the album as sort of this like centerpiece of storytelling um it reminds me of um neighborhood number three power out from arcade fire funeral okay um just like you know it comes kind of midway through the album. It's like, you know, gather around everyone. Here's a story that we want to tell. And nice. it has, has this sort of ebb and flow musically. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to we're gonna see a lot of things on the way to our destination in this song, even though it's it's the storytelling is pretty straightforward. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. I, yeah, I like that a lot. Um... And boy, like this, this for me, like, you know, I've, I've, as you know, from, from just from, taping six podcasts previously with me like i i've never really been to any kind of dark underbelly places um (laughs) and so like you know listening to a record like this is kind of the closest i get to understanding how that feels 
Um, and Interesting. I, I think they, they really like capture that both lyrically and musically. Like, definitely, definitely. What it what it's like to end up in a place that's, you know, fucked up beyond, beyond what I can really imagine. Yeah, yeah. And, and survive and be resilient. And survive, yeah. Right. Um, definitely an album about resilience. And um, also it's like, I don't know for sure, but it seems like this is what happens when you let artists have control over their own music. It sure seems and, that way. And, and it's it's doesn't seem like one of the albums that we've done on the show where it's like this is our sellout album no it's it's hard to hear like the the hand of virgin records right which is great yes it's it's it makes it 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 makes it a punk rock album yeah and yet you know i i bet i bet really like what that means is that you know the hand was there but for some reason you know it (laughs) fingered the band lightly that's not what i meant to say (laughs) 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 never mind (laughs) Oh my god. Um okay. So anything anything else about this one besides, you know, get on, you know, buy a used copy of the CD, do whatever you got to do. Yeah, I would say um, you know, go go listen to early country music and and listen to some of the things that got them there. Mm-hmm. And and if you haven't a lot of people um make fun of country music. But this this album wouldn't exist without country music. Of course. And so, uh, you know, if you're not going to go forward and sit there and watch four hours of the CMAs once a year like I do, which I actually highly recommend you do. Uh-huh. I should have a CMA party, actually. I, um, yeah, I want to come to your CMA party because I, I don't, I think if I watched it by myself, I like wouldn't have the understanding the context. And I'm not hate watching it. No, no, I'm, I understand. I'm like, I like genuinely find musical things that I learn when I watch it. It's not just, it's, I'm not just like mocking it. Like I, I enjoy it. Um, but go back and, and listen to country music and, um, yeah, just, it's really important musically. So speaking of rock journalism, uh, we will post a link in the show notes at hiddenjukebox.com to this thing I found when I was researching for this episode, which is this piece I wrote about the band. For MTV. MTV MTV.com. MTV. (laughs) Um, In 1996, uh, the writing is horrendous. The writing is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But like, it's... I was 20 years old. Yes. <laughs> MTV did not have a high bar uh-huh. of journalistic standards. I, I was real dumb. <laughs> oh. I, I'm pretty sure I, I definitely used the phrase without skipping a beat, oh. which no one should ever say. No. Um, and uh, okay, so we'll post a link to that. Um, and um, I don't know. That's... Uh, some some time capsule. Yeah, that's stuff. that's some time capsule stuff yeah. right there. We opened we we were doing some uh, renovations at the Space Needle and we found <laughs> this album. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hidden jukebox. Um, we we turned on comments on our on our website. So uh, if you if you go either place, you can you can let us know what you think. Uh, you can drop us an email. Uh, contact at hiddenjukebox.com I think I think I turned that on and you can leave us a voicemail yes um, please leave us a voicemail it is 971 
Al Weasel, which is, do you, do you remember the number off the top of your head? No. Okay, Al hang on. Weasel. I'm, I'm pulling it up. People can figure it out. Okay. It's, yeah, it's 971 Al Weasel. Well, if you go to, if you go to the Facebook or hiddenjukebox.com, you can, well, the number's on there too. But yeah, exactly. We definitely want to play your comments on the show. Yes. Uh, and we will see you next month. I'm, I'm Matthew Amsterburton. I'm Laura Lowe. Let's try it again. <laughs> and, we'll s- <laughs> and we'll see you next month. I'm Matthew Amsterburton. And I'm Laura Lowe.